0: Draft season is upon us and today on Fantasy OT we're going to discuss the updated rankings for the top 12 quarterbacks. Up two spots at number one, Josh Allen. I had to upgrade Josh Allen because he's earned it. He's been the QB1 two out of the last three seasons and just last year he was the QB2. He's coming off of a season where he had seven rushing touchdowns and 35 passing touchdowns. And I can see him matching those numbers this year. The Bills are still going to rely on Allen to create and keep them in games. While they do have Stefan Diggs, there's not too much behind him. I mean, Khalil Shakir is an unknown. Gabe Davis, to me, just really has never panned out as a true number two. He's a deep threat, but he's also struggled with drops. I am excited that they drafted Dalton Kincaid. But even Dawson Knox has been a little bit hit or miss. So Allen's going to have to put up numbers for them to be able to stay in games. A couple of hurdles that Allen will likely have to overcome are the fact that the Bills have the fourth hardest schedule this year and that he had the second most interceptions in the league with 14. The Bills also bolstered their running back room, bringing in Damian Harris and Latavius Murray and obviously they had James Cook. So it wouldn't surprise me if they try to lessen the number of hits that Allen takes and rely on their running backs for more of the goal line work. Now do I think that Allen will actually allow himself to not take hits? No. He's a gamer, and we've seen him put himself on the line time and time again, and I expect that to continue. Up at number two, I still have Jalen Hurts right here. Jalen Hurts has earned this spot. He's coming off of a career year. He just got paid, coming off of a Super Bowl loss. He's going to be motivated. He had 760 rushing yards last year and had the second most rushing touchdowns of all players, not just quarterbacks, with 13. And I can see him building off of this. The only change to kind of keep in mind is the fact that Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator, is now the head coach of the Colts. But this may not be as big of a problem as you think. Brian Johnson, the new offensive coordinator, has known Hurts all of his life, and many say that he's the reason that Hurts has been able to make as much progress in as short a time as he has. Hertz's dad was actually Johnson's coach in high school, so him and Hurts go way back, and I can see that rapport really paying off on the field. I have no doubt that they're not going to change too much. I would imagine that Hertz is still going to run a ton. He'll probably improve in the passing department. When you have a receiving core consisting of Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard, it's kind of hard to not perform. He also got a new running back room. They have DeAndre Swift, who's a great pass catcher. Rashad Penny, who's not as good at pass catching, but he's still a great addition. And they still have Kenneth Gainwell, who is also a good pass catcher. So, I mean, he has weapons at his disposal. I can see hurts taking another step it also helps that philadelphia has the 13th easiest schedule so i would imagine they're going to be in a lot of games and probably will blow a lot of teams out let's also keep in mind that hurts was able to have an mvp type season last year despite missing two games and he even missed two games the previous year and still managed to have over 750 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns so even if he does miss some time he's still going to put up numbers And I think it doesn't hurt that he has a top five defense and that the Eagles were the third highest scoring team in terms of points per game in the league. That combination is a recipe for success for any quarterback. Behind the league's best offensive line, he has a very good chance to finish as the QB one overall. Down two spots to number three, Patrick Mahomes. I had to downgrade Holmes because I'm just not sold on his offensive weaponry. I know he still has Kelsey. And as long as he has Kelsey, he's going to be in game but the rest of the weapons are just kind of so-so. I'm not on the Sky Moore train. I know everyone's hyped about him breaking out, but I have some other ideas. Kadarius Tony has proven to not stay healthy, and he's even injured now, and there's some optimism around him playing week one, but he's still yet to practice. Marquez Valdez scaling is a deep threat, and aside from that, there's a lot of question marks. I mean, they still have Jerick McKinnon at running back and Isaiah Pacheco, of course, and they still have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but... Those are not names that make me feel very confident. I feel like they still need somewhat of a game breaker. Maybe not a Tyreek Hill type player, but they don't even have like a Juju Schmitz-Schuster or a McColl Hardman or anyone like that to rely on anymore. And I feel like Mahomes will still have a great season, but I don't think he's going to have enough around him to finish as the number one quarterback. He had a great season last year. He finished as the QB one overall. He had 41 passing touchdowns, good enough to lead the league. He also led the league in passing yards. And he was third in passing attempts so he's definitely gonna have plenty of opportunity to create points and i think he's worth taking within the top three but i think if you take him higher than this you may need to temper your expectations ultimately i do like that mahomes is behind a top three offensive line and that he is kind of a sneaky rusher having the ninth most rushing yards amongst qbs last year and the chiefs had the most points per game last year with 29.2 but i can't see him replicating that success so i think keeping him at three is a very fair spot. Up one spot at number four, Justin Fields. After seeing him in the preseason, it seems like the Bears are going to make some big improvements this year. I mean, they have a bevy of running backs between Khalil Herbert, Deontay Foreman, and Roshan Johnson. And I think they have enough weapons around them now to at least get to six or seven wins. They added DJ Moore in the offseason. They still have Chase Claypool and Cole Command and Darnell Mooney, who none of those three are obviously the same caliber of DJ Moore but I think it's going to be enough for Fields to work with. Fields is coming off of a season where he had 1,143 rushing yards, the most by far and the second most all-time. I mean, if it wasn't for that one game he sat out, he would have beat Lamar Jackson's all-time record. And while I do think the Bears brought in these pass catchers to help Fields develop as a passer, it's going to be hard to ask him to stop running as much. I mean, he's behind a bottom 10 offensive line, and obviously he is kind of a run-first mentality quarterback, so it wouldn't surprise me if he still has well over eight or 900 yards rushing this year. He had 8 rushing touchdowns last year, and I can see him matching that number this year. The Bears have the 6th easiest schedule, and their division isn't all that strong, so it wouldn't surprise me if Fields finishes as the QB 6 again, just like he did last year. Up one spot at number 5, Lamar Jackson. Even though Lamar Jackson wasn't able to finish the year last year due to injury, from weeks 1 through 9, he was the quarterback 4, And he still managed to have the second most rushing yards amongst all quarterbacks with 764. That's nearly a 64-yard-per-game average. Better than a lot of second-tier running backs. And I think with Todd Munkin being the new offensive coordinator, them bringing in all these pass catchers with Odell Beckham, drafting Zay Flowers, still having Mark Andrews, and if Rashad Bateman can give them anything, he could really be in for a great splash season in terms of passing. I think the running is going to be there for sure. The hope is that he's able to stay healthy and avoid injury. But with the contract issues behind him, him having a top five offensive line, I mean, if the Ravens manage to stay healthy, I think they could really be a sleeper team this year. They improved their defense last year by bringing in Roquan Smith. and They signed Jadavian and Clowney this offseason. So if they can manage to win the battle of ball control, I mean, I can really see the Ravens making a push in the playoffs. Down two spots at number six, Joe Burrow. While Burrow did return to practice today, which is a good sign, I downgraded him because I've yet to see him in game action. So it's hard to tell if his calf injury is really behind him. He's going to have a much improved offensive line because they signed Orlando Brown Jr. And obviously he has one of the best receiving cores, if not the best receiving core in the NFL, between Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and newly signed tight end Irv Smith Jr., So I would expect him to continue building off of the year he had last year, where he threw for 35 pass touchdowns, and he was fifth in the league in terms of pass attempts. I think the Bengals are still going to throw the ball a bunch. They re-signed Joe Mixon to a restructured deal, and I think Mixon's on the decline, so they're going to continue to put the game on Burrow's shoulders. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bengals averaged the 26.1 points per game they did last year, which was good for seventh best in the league, and if Burrow built on his rushing total. Last year, he very quietly had the 12th most rushing yards amongst QBs. If Burrow is truly healthy, I think it would not be far-fetched to see him have a top-five finish. But as of now, I'm going to keep him at six. Staying at number seven, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence finished as a QB eight last year, and I can see him taking that next step. He was 10th in terms of quarterback rushing. He had 25 pass TDs, and he still has pretty much the same receiving core, if not a slightly improved receiving core having signed calvin ridley they still have christian kirk zay jones they re-signed evan ingram and they obviously have a couple of pass catching backs and travis Etienne and tank bigsby so he has enough weapons around him to really take that next step he had the seventh most pass attempts in the league last year and i think as long as doug peterson is the coach he's going to be able to get the most out of the star quarterback staying at number eight justin herbert Herbert managed to finish as a QB 11 despite being injured himself and having a pretty thin receiving core. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both missed time separately, and that's probably a large reason why they drafted Quinton Johnston. I think Johnston's going to actually hit the ground running and be the third dynamic receiver that they desperately needed. They still have Gerald Everett also at tight end, who's a sneaky tight end in my opinion, if you're looking for a value tight end to draft. And they still have Austin Eckler, who was one of the best receivers in the game last year, regardless of position. Herbert's coming off of a year where he had the second most pass attempts and the second most passing yards. And I don't think that formula is going to slow down anytime soon. This team's going to put everything they have on this man's shoulders. And if he's able to stay healthy, I think he'll look more like he did the past couple of years before. Behind a top 10 O line and a seemingly healthy receiving room, I could see Herbert finishing closer to the top five as well. Up at number nine, replacing Deshaun Watson, Daniel Jones. Jones actually finished as the QB9 last year. He's coming off of a season where he had a career high in terms of rushing yards with 708, and I could see him actually ending up right around there again. Ryan Dayball is not afraid to use Jones as a rusher, but Jones' contract situation behind him the Giants locking down Saquon Barkley, and then bringing in a bevy of pass catchers, I think Jones is set up for success. Between Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, drafting Jalen Hyatt, bringing in Darren Waller, and having a healthy Wendell Robinson, apparently, I would imagine that it's going to be hard for him not to improve on his completion percentage the way he has every year throughout his career. And what Jones lacks as a passer he will more than make up for with his legs. He's kind of always been a sneaky rusher. Although this year with all of the pass catchers I mentioned in the mix, I can see him taking that next step as a passer finally. Up at number 10, replacing Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins. Cousins quietly finished as the QB seven last year. He's in a contract year, which I love. That means he's gonna be chasing stats. And he also has an improved receiving core. They cut ties with Adam Thielen. They drafted Jordan Addison in the first round. He's looked really good in the preseason. They obviously still have Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the game. And TJ Hawkinson is still there. And he showed to have really good rapport with him towards the end of the season post-trade. I have a really good feeling about Cousins finishing in the top 12 again. He's actually had top 12 finishes the last three years. And last year, he had the fourth most passing attempts and the fourth most passing touchdowns with 29. He did have the second most interceptions with 14. But I mean, that kind of comes with the territory. They're a pass-first team, clearly. Dalvin Cook is no longer on the team. They have Alexander Madison, obviously, and they brought in Miles Gaskin today. But those two guys are not going to really change their focus. They're going to remain pass-first. I think it really helps that Cousins has never missed a start in his eight-year career, and that he has a coach that really believes in him. I think as long as Kevin O'Connell is there, they're going to remain pass-heavy, and Cousins should continue to put up really good numbers. Up at number 11, this may surprise some people, but Anthony Richardson, after finding out that Jonathan Taylor is going to stay on the pup list and miss the first four games, I had to put Richardson on this list. This team is going to rely on him to run the ball. The Colts just cut Kenyon Drake, Zach Moss broke his arm, and they really don't have anybody in that running back room besides Deion Jackson. So There's little doubt in my mind that Richardson's going to be pretty much the primary running option for the first four games. They also have some good receivers, but not great receivers between Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and Isaiah McKenzie. He does have one of the best O-lines in the league, arguably top 10. Last year was just kind of a blip, in my opinion. The whole team was in shambles, so it's kind of hard not to want to throw it out. They have Quentin Nelson, obviously, leading the charge, so he's going to have time to throw. The team's invested in Richardson, obviously. They're going to let him play. He's not going to be pulled, and It's not so far-fetched to think that a rookie quarterback can't have a top 10 finish. If you remember Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, Andrew Luck, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, all guys to finish in the top 10 during their rookie seasons. So it's very, very plausible. Don't be shied away by the fact that he's a little bit raw. The fact that he runs will more than make up for his lack of passing ability. The Colts also have the third easiest schedule, so they'll probably be in more games than you think. And if Jonathan Taylor does come back, that's only going to help Richardson's case because that's going to take away defensive attention and give him one more threat in the read option. Down two spots at number 12, Dak Prescott. I had to downgrade Prescott because all indications are he's somewhat of a declining player. He missed five games last year and still managed to lead the league with 15 interceptions. He's also become somewhat of an injury risk. And ever since that ankle injury, he really hasn't been the same rusher. We've seen his numbers be pretty mediocre over the last two years on the ground. I mean, he does have an improved receiving core. They brought in Brandon Cooks. They obviously still have C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. But they also let go of Dalton Schultz. So it's going to be a situation to watch. Also, Kellen Moore is no longer with the team, and he really liked chasing points. Mike McCarthy's let it be known that he's going to be more conservative, and they plan to run the ball a heck of a lot more than they have. Tony Pollard is fortunately a pass-catching back, So he may get some screens and take him to the house like he did last year, but it's kind of a fluid situation. He is behind a top six O-line, which should help his cause, and he does have a top three defense, so he should get some additional opportunities and possessions. But the whole situation, like I said, is a little open-ended, so it was harder to rank him above this spot. Dallas did have the fourth most points per game last year, but I'm not sure if that was just a product of more chasing points or them needing to chase points because Dak threw so many interceptions, putting them in holes. He's also in the hardest division in the NFC East, so six of those games are going to be pretty tough. And outside of that, I mean, Dak would really need to stay upright to prove that he can put up the numbers he has in years past. Those are my updated top 12 quarterback rankings. Please subscribe and let me know who you think should or shouldn't be on this list in the comments below.